So I'm asked often, actually, about influencers, uh, how to work with influencers. Do they actually work? What's the best way to begin building a relationship? Well, I found an influencer, really great New York City-based influencer. Her name is Simone Hanlon. Can't wait for you to hear this conversation on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three P's? They stand for profit, process, and progress. So if you've got a busy restaurant but struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits month after month, then set up a free 30-minute strategy session with one of my coaches. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to learn more about the program. You can ask questions about the program to see if you're a good fit for that program. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule to set up your call. As always, that link is in the show notes. Now, thousands of restaurants across the country use KickFin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And there's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips, so managers are constantly having to make bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet KickFin. KickFin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless tip payouts straight to their employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. Tipping out with KickFin gives managers and operators hours back in their day and makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have KickFin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo, and yes, that link is in the show notes. So now, as I said at the top, the guest on today's show is Simone Hanlon. She is a New York City influencer, uh, uh, merging the two worlds of running and food together. Luckily, they complement themselves well. We're going to get into so much over the course of this next 45 minutes or so. Simone, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Chip. It's going to be fun. So uh, I have known you, uh, I have known of you for quite a while, simply because I've been here in New York City. You're based in New York City. I've been in the food world for the last 20 years, my entire time here in the New York City metro area. Um, And so I sort of knew of you because I would follow various sort of foodie influencer accounts. And finally, just this last March, you and I were in a room together on a food (laughs) crawl when we were out at Bar and Restaurant Expo. What brought you to Bar and Restaurant Expo? Is that your first time out there? I was actually at Pizza Expo, and I have a love for pizza, and I think we actually found each other on TikTok because I went to 100 different pizzerias in 100 days, Um, and I've actually done that a few times uh, just because I love New York City pizza, and I have never been to the Pizza Expo in Vegas. It is enormous, um, just a whole other experience. I highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I had forgotten that. You're right. So every year out in Vegas, Pizza Expo happens at the same time as Bar and Restaurant Expo. And I always mean it's like they're at two different sides of the convention center. And my uh, itinerary for Bar and Restaurant Expo is always so stuffed. So I never have time. And I say it's on the other side of the convention center. It's like half a mile away because the convention center out there in Las (laughs) Vegas is huge. And I feel like I just never have time to go over there. Okay, so I forgot that that's why you were there. And so we just ended up on the same food crawl because so many people were there from the industry. Yeah, great. Um, And you've been to Pizza Expo before? 
I had only been to the Pizza Expo in Atlantic City, which is about a third of the size as the of the one in Vegas. Yeah. And so did you, were you filming when you were there? Remind me, like what, were you like sort of capturing your whole experience? I was, um, I actually only stayed for one day, um, in the expo itself. So next year I'm going to stay for more. Um, I had so many ideas of things I could create for social media, you know, after I left and was looking at my footage. So next year will be even better. Um, I also love that they have a pizza costume contest, but you have to be there for the full event to participate. So I love dressing up next year. I'm going to be a giant slice of pizza some way. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know and that about it. See, I got to make sure to get across the street next time when I go. So it's every March and I have to assume it's the same weekend mm-hmm. as they, they, I'm sure they coordinate schedules. And they have all different types of competitions. I was able to see some of them. Um, things like pizza acrobatics, um, pizza box folding, things that you don't, you know, think there would be a competition for. So, so you don't I'll think send so. you the schedule. You know, it's very funny. <laughs> my very first job, I always say this, my very first job, I don't count this in sort of my like career path. My very first job, I was, I don't know, 14, 15, and it was folding pizza boxes. And I would get so many, there's the only thing worse than yeah. paper cut is like a cardboard <laughs> cut. And from like, when you get those, when you're folding, I don't know, like, 800 pizza boxes on a Saturday, like you're bound to get four or five like cardboard cuts, especially when you're trying to fold it fast. So when you say pizza folding uh, competition, I just think of all the cuts all over my hands uh, (laughs) and and inevitably all over the competitor's hands. Yes. Um, Well, right now I'm working on a pizza project. I can tell you quickly. I, I do. I do. You're always working on some pizza project. This will be a really great. Um, this will really be a really great entree into sort of what you do, how you got doing what you do. So, talk to me about the pizza project you got going on right now. Um, okay, so right now I love running and I love pizza. So um, my account is actually food and fitness, although lately it's been a little bit more food heavy. Um, so I am running to every single New York city zip code. There's 213 and I am finding the most notable pizza in each zip code. And it's a little bit complicated to explain because I'm running from my place on the Upper East side to each location. So that's like the judge of my mileage. Um, and right now I'm doing Manhattan first. There's 43 zip codes. And my goal is to be done with that by September. And then I'm going to start another borough. So I'm doing one borough at a time. That's insane. So (laughs) I'm just thinking of like, what happens when you got to run from like the Upper East Side down to like Bay Ridge or Red Hook? I'm actually not worried about that. Rockaway. Staten Island is the challenge because I I guess I'm going to have to run to the ferry take the ferry because there's no pedestrian path to Staten Island. Um, and I can't swim. Uh, (laughs) and then I think for Staten Island, there's 12 zip codes. I think I might have to do like three or four in a day and just stop by three or four places in a day. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not so worried about, you know, listen, I'll give you permission to do that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, When I, you know, I was thinking, I was just thinking of the, the four connected, uh, Burroughs, yeah, but you're right. The, I was the real too. fear is in is in Staten Island. <laughs> I completely forgot Staten Island existed when so I. So are you going to run on the ferry? Oh, that's an idea. Yes, yes. thirty minutes. You, as many people, as many New Yorkers forget. <laughs> yes, thirty minutes. Just run run laps around the deck on the. Uh, on the Staten Island I'd ferry. probably be arrested. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, just tell them you're an influencer. Okay, so then <laughs> let's go back here. Let's talk about. How did you, so how long have you been doing this? So Um, your account is NYC Muncher. Yes. And I'm on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I work with more brands on Instagram. TikTok is more fun. um, And I do quicker videos on there. Uh, I started more, well, I've had my accounts in 2016, but my first real project on Instagram was 2018. Um, I went, I found a list of donut stores in New York city, donut shops, uh, and it was supposed to be the 36 best. And I was like, Oh, I really like this idea. So I visited every donut shop on the list and more. I think I ended up doing around 60 shops in every borough. And with, for a donut, I was like, how am I going to, um, you know, come to my own conclusion of the best shop? There's cake donuts, yeast donuts. Every shop is different. Um, so typically I would get multiple donuts at each location and I would bring them to the gym. 
So that way I could just try a bite of each <laughs> and everyone there would eat them yeah. <laughs> and everyone there loved it. And they're like, where are you going next? <laughs> I need to come and work out at the same time so I can eat these. Um, and once I was finished, You're a good friend to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, when I was finished with that, I had a friend there. I'm um, actually calling Peter the eater because uh, he would come with me to some of the places and, you know, help me eat. Um, and then we did ice cream. Uh, and after that, cookies. And as I was doing this, I would post every single day. I was learning more about social media and what you needed to do to build an Instagram following. So probably by the time I finished my donuts, I had around a thousand Instagram followers. Um, and then it started growing more ex exponentially from there. Um, and I also started getting, uh, restaurants reaching out to me at the time of like the ice cream and the cookies. Uh, so my, um, food became more broad at that point. Um, yep. and over the pandemic, I was doing a ton of running. I literally ran a hundred miles a week for three months. Uh, and there, it was great because I would visit restaurants that were open, bakeries that were open still, you know, and be able to post about it. And, you know, I just ran through New York City exploring. Um, and I think that was a nice thing over the pandemic because so many restaurants were struggling. So um, yeah. just in addition to that, I also got a job with a health food company doing their social media management uh, because things became really overwhelming for a lot of companies there with everyone being at home and on their computers sure. all the time. Uh, so that was my first social media management job. Uh, so all of those things combined happened in 2020. Yeah. So where is the account at now? How many Instagram followers do you have at this point? Um, I have 16,800. And then on TikTok, I have 16,100. So talk to me, let's, let's, let's bifurcate the conversation. Let's talk about Instagram. Cause you said, as you started doing this, you got to a thousand. And then after that, when you started doing some of these other campaigns, it, it started growing exponentially as you started learning, like how to grow an Instagram account. Right. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. Let, let's, what did you learn about how to grow an Instagram account? So posting every day, being consistent, um, responding to everyone, I will respond to every single DM, um, responding to comments, exploring other accounts that are similar to mine, seeing where these people are going, visiting. Um, I try and tell a story in my Instagram. So that started from the beginning of, hey, I'm going to go to every single donut shop. Or, um, you know, now I'm visiting all of these places in New York City by foot. So this is a whole um, adventure and you can follow along with me and not only find great food, you know, but see what happens when I have to go run 25 miles in a day. Um, and I should mention too, um, I would say like 50% of my followers are runners. So <laughs> I have a big split foodies and runners. Um, so back to yep. growing an Instagram following. Um, I, I guess consistency posting searching out interesting things, using hashtags. I know um, people say mixed things about hashtags, like they won't work or they will. I mean, consistently they do. When I look right. at my insights, I'll create a creator account or business account so you can see your own insights. Yep. Um, use all of the functionality of Instagram. They like that. I try and do my editing in Instagram. All of the different... Oh, great. So the... Great. So um, yeah, use ask, their like, all of the tools, video meaning, editing, stories, reels, mm -hmm. post, all of that. Yeah, lives, although I don't do that much. Um, using stickers. When they roll out something new, like um, for a bit there, you could put a location on your reel. Just to try those new things mm -hmm. because they're going to push it um, and provide you with more reach on your own. Um, I don't tend yep. to boost my posts. I've had brands do that but that's another way to get growth now, especially because it's a lot harder. Yeah, cool. So, and and so back to the very first thing you said though, was consistency, right? Like consistency, like posting regularly. Um, also consistency of content that people know, I always feel strongly about this, 
like when people show up to the feed or see something coming through, they should know, oh, this is what it is. Like, yeah. even if they didn't see your name or your picture in the corner, they should know, oh, this is, um, this is Simone's content. I, like, I, I know what this is. It's, it's all of a, it's all of a thing. It's on brand, as they mm -hmm. like to say, that, um, that I think everyone can benefit from that. So it's not all over the place. That's got a look, it's got a feel, it's got a tone that, that we know. And that ties back into storytelling. And I, I like how you, you said this. I think it's where it, it, it's hard for a lot of people when they think of, oh, I just got to create a new piece of content, new piece of content. And they're all just a little standalone pieces um, rather than being part of a larger, uh, a larger narrative, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that. And I think, I think that's probably right because then people tune in. So oh, I saw she went to this place yesterday. Where is she going to go today? Where is she going to go tomorrow? Um, um, I actually forgot talk. one thing, yeah, no, good. <laughs> which just yeah. you reminded me, which is having um, – clear photography <laughs> and um, appealing yep. photography, especially if you're taking pictures of food. Uh, I sometimes see yep. photos that are really up close and I'm like, what am I looking at here? You want people to yeah, see yeah, something yeah. in two seconds and say, okay, I am watching this and I know this is a slice of pizza or I know where this is going. And if you have something that's eye-catching, because people have no yep. attention span, that's going to get someone to watch. Yeah, I love it. There's something else you said a second ago, and you didn't quite say it, but I just want to dig a little bit deeper here, is that um, some of what you're bringing to your feed is novelty, right? Yeah. Like this this whole campaign you're doing right now. Hey, I'm going to run to a notable pizza shop in every zip code in New York City. There, there's novelty there because I don't know anyone who's ever done that, and it merges the two things that you love to do, yes. <laughs> which is to run and eat, and luckily they, uh, they, they solve each other's problems. <laughs> you run too much, you get hungry, you go eat. You eat too much, you got to go run it off. I love it. Yeah. But there's novelty in that, and you know, I think we don't spend – I talk a lot about this with my clients, where our menu – um, the, 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 the flavors we put together, the way we plate, the way we present something in, in a restaurant, just on the restaurant side, in the experience, not even on social media, but there ha like novelty has to be part of what we do. We live in a world where we can, everything is literally at our fingertips. So we're constantly being challenged, um, to do something new, to do something different, better. I mean, this is why Picasso was so great because Picasso was a master at the age of 10 and then he started doing stuff that nobody ever thought of before. His pink phase, the blue <laughs> phase, the, the cubism, the, you know, all of this. He just kept pushing the, the boundaries forward. And I think the same thing is true in restaurants. Restaurants, you know, the culinary arts, it is an art form. Um, and as content creators, I think it's the same thing. And now, I've said this before, right? I think restaurants are <laughs> have to uh, treat themselves like mini media companies, mm -hmm. you know, putting out content on a consistent basis. And that's not that's true, obviously, uh, for you for as an influencer, but for restaurants as well. Okay, so consistency, novelty, um, using the tools that are there, um, narrative, story, all of that, I think, is... Um, is really clear. We always think there's some like magic bullet, but that's the stuff that we've probably heard before, but, but it works and it continues to work. And it correct? works with exercise. It works with anything in life. You need the consistency. Yeah. Um, I was actually just yeah. at a restaurant called Sugarwood. I don't know if you are um, aware of them, but they make penis and vagina no. shaped waffles. <laughs> and this is okay. um, one of those places that you're like, this is for Instagram, <laughs> you know, who yeah, yeah, wants yeah. to see this, but social media. Um, and they yeah. were talking to me <laughs> about, um, their TikTok because it hadn't really taken off. Um, I did put up a post on TikTok. It got like 80,000 views, which is pretty good these days on TikTok, um, you know, for a quickie. Yeah. Um, but I was saying, you know, doing a series, if you have a product in a restaurant that you know is like, this is our best dish, or this is the most colorful dish, or this is the most attention grabbing, create some sort of series about it. You know, I said to Sugarwood, yeah. um, they do chocolate dipped things. And <laughs> I was like, do, you know, a whole series, every different video, a white chocolate one, a dark chocolate one, a milk chocolate one, you know, you can get so much out of just, you know, one yeah. item on your menu. Um, and I see a lot of other restaurants doing that too. Like Clinton Hall um, has a lot of attention getting food items. Um, I guess the only negative is I have been to restaurants where they have that Instagrammable food 
I don't want to name any names, yeah. but there's a um, pizza place in Yonkers <laughs> known for <laughs> a special item. And the food itself was not great. So, you know, try and yeah. back up the quality and the taste. But I think you have to, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about quality. I mean, food's got to be good. Service has got to be good. That's no matter what we're doing. But I do uh, believe, it's funny, we talk about things being Instagrammable. I do believe that things have to, they have to, uh, we have to think in terms of that anymore. Absolutely. If we, if we're talking about word of mouth, right? I always say this. So when I was at Bar and Restaurant Expo, one of the talks I gave is, that, you know, what's the what's our what's our, um, our best marketing tool available to us, right? 500 people in the room, what do they say? Word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. And so I said, great, tell me your word of mouth plan. What's your strategy to spark word of mouth? Nobody had a strategy. Nobody had a plan. It's one of the things I talk about a lot. One of the things we can do is saying, what on your menu is going to get talked about? Mm -hmm. What on your menu makes someone go, whoa, I've never seen that? Right in, my, uh, right in my area here. So I live in South Orange, New Jersey. I just moved out of New York City last summer. And one of the restaurants here just got bought out by uh, David Burke. Okay. David Burke is famous for his clothesline bacon. Yeah. He started doing this, I don't know what, 20, 25 years ago, right? But the dish holds up. The bacon is actually incredible. You hang it vertically from a clothesline because you go, well, nobody's ever done that before. But it's actually better for the food. It's double-cut bacon, so it's really greasy. But the grease drips off it, so you're not getting mm -hmm. greasy. You're actually having a, you know, it lets the grease drip down. He puts pickles underneath of it. So actually the bacon fat drips onto the pickle. So then you get this vinegar and this like fattiness. It actually makes the pickle better. Pickle is a great, you know, follow up, a great palate cleanser when you're eating bacon. You know, they singe a little bit of rosemary, put it on the side. Like the dish actually works. Not only is it, inc uh, is it interesting going through the dining room, but it's actually making the food better and the food holds yeah. up. And they give you these really cool shears. So rather than eating the whole thing, you're taking these kitchen shears and cutting off little bites of it, which is like, so then an the way experience. we present it is different. Yeah. It's an experience. And the way that you, the way that you, uh, you cut it, you serve it. I think of Franny's in Brooklyn, right? The, I, they closed, I don't know what, six or seven years ago. It was a pizza place and they used to serve the giant pizza shears. Mm -hmm. So they bring you a whole pizza and you cut it yourself, right? Not with a pizza roller, but with like these shears. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted a pizza, a slice that's just like an inch or two thick, you could. If you want one that's eight inches, you know, you want to have a, a third of the pie, you could do that. They're like, we don't care. It saves on labor. They can get pizza out quicker. And it's a fun novelty. Like it actually made the experience better. The pizza's solid. The pizza was always solid down there. Mm -hmm. But they thought about like, hey, how can we do it a little bit differently? And we don't spend enough time talking of that. So there, that is great advice to the restaurants. <laughs> Find a dish that stands out and great on social media. But ultimately, I mean, tell me from your perspective as an influencer, that's also what you're looking for, right? You're right. looking for interesting things to bring to your audience. Yes. Things that maybe they haven't seen. I'm sure you, that's <clears throat> why you do all this work to say, okay, what haven't they seen yet? What, what do I have access to because of what I do that I can bring to them? And ultimately... That's what the restaurant wants. Restaurant wants to present something interesting. So you go, that's interesting. I'm going to present it. Everybody, all your followers say, that's really interesting. I want to go experience that. Or I want to go, you know, see if it really, see really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. But it begins at the restaurant level. You're not going to, you know, it's the tough thing. It's funny you bring up pizza, right? We've talked a lot about pizza. Pizza by nature is pretty uninteresting. It just sits on a tray. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> it's dough, sauce, cheese, maybe some toppings. It gets stretched, thrown into an oven. A couple of minutes later, it comes out. It's just flat. It's just lying there. There's nothing we can do to make it more interesting. And so the challenge then is how do we make it more interesting? Cheesy stuffed crusts or, <laughs> you know, people cutting it with giant Dorito pizza uh, or powder. interesting <laughs> toppings. Listen, but now we start talking about it because that's the challenge. Like, how do we do so? It's the same thing that, a, that an artist does. You know, we bring up Picasso. Like, same thing an artist does with a blank canvas, right? The bar has already been set. Any artist now exists in a world post Van Gogh, post Picasso, post Basquiat, post like you can't do what they've already they've already done it. Yep. So you have to think in new ways, and that blank canvas has to be has to be dressed up in a new and interesting way. Sorry, the bar has already been set where it's set. You know, it's and it's the same thing in our food culture. And as as the world goes global, as everything now is on the internet, now we can see what every corner of the world is doing. There's nothing, um, there's nothing that's unknown. We 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 have access to all of it. And mm -hmm. so the bar is set high. We we have to, we have to make it good. We have to make it interesting. Yes. 
So I want to go back. I want to talk. I want to understand. So, okay, so you started doing these little campaigns, these stories, these, uh, you know, doing the donuts, doing the ice cream, doing the cookies. Mm-hmm. Then brands start reaching out to you. Talk to me about how those conversations went because I want to use that to – I want to use that to slide into that part of the conversation because specifically the audience of listeners here are all restaurant owners and operators, and they want to know how they create something that is worthy of you coming by or any other influencer. And I I think I want to make sure we spend um, a meaningful amount of time understanding or explaining how restaurants can begin to work with influencers, the best relationships you've built. But I want to work into that. I want to go back in time. Tell me, like you said, you were very specific, and then it started broadening out as restaurants started reaching out to you. Talk to me about that period. What restaurants started reaching out to you? What was the ask? How did you structure those agreements? Uh, And then where it went from there? Um, So the way it worked was, in general, uh, and it's still like this, a restaurant will reach out and say, we are going to give you a comped meal, and we would like you to create an Instagram real in return or Instagram post. Um, and now on Instagram, there's a collaborative feature, so it can also show up on their feed. So sometimes restaurants are specific that they want um, the influencer's content to show up on the feed. Other restaurants do hire their own um, social media marketers and photographers and have you know their feed look a certain way. Um, so when yep. I first started out, it would be usually um, comped for a a meal. And I have done, uh, work for, uh, a social media marketer doing photography and reels and being sent out to restaurants as well. Sometimes I will have restaurants reach out directly and, you know, I can be paid for providing a certain number of reels or photographs that they want. Um, is that, I don't know if I should be more specific, but in general, a restaurant is pretty safe to go see, like I would say, go look for influencers content that you think looks good and you can reach out to them and just offer them a meal. You know, if you're just getting started and see how they respond, I think that some influencers are going to come back and say, I want to be paid for this. And I'll like in my case, depending on who was reaching out to me, I would say, um, you know, yes, I'll come in for a meal, or I would say, I will provide you with this for this price. Um, so it just depends on the size of the account and, you know, how long they've been doing it. But there's a lot of smaller accounts that will do things absolutely for free. And it, I wouldn't be shy about, you know, reaching out and seeing what, you know, inviting people in. And you can also, you know, some restaurants say, yeah, we'll provide great. you with an appetizer, an entree, and a drink, you know, with a plus one. So if a restaurant is afraid of, um, you know, an influencer ordering everything on their menu, they can limit this and have an agreement before the person comes in. So. Yeah, great. So, and that's just, those are the ground rules, just structuring a basic agreement of saying, hey, this is this is what we're going to provide you. And in exchange, we want you to provide us with the the following. Right. And, is you know, put pretty a date typical to- nowadays. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got to be coordinated at a time that's convenient. Every time we did it, it was it's got to be early in the week or midweek, um, early in the evening, because you don't want it to cut into. I mean, number one, you don't want it to cut into your regular paying customers. Uh, exactly. And number two, you also want to be able to have the bandwidth um, to make sure that food looks really great, to make sure it comes out um, efficiently. Uh, and if they are ordering a lot, which I, I've worked with plenty of uh, influencers who do like to order a lot. Uh, because they're going to do, you know, the, the more we can show, um, the better off we're going to be. That yes, you can put a cap on and say, hey, one app, one entree, yeah. one drink. Uh, but on the other hand, um, and I've also arranged it too, where I've worked with restaurants or I've worked for restaurants. We say we've said to the influencers, we're going to send the stuff out. Yeah. You don't order. We're going to sh- we're going to send the stuff that we want you to feature. And that's pretty that's pretty common as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Very. Um. Usually that's what happens. Um. There's not. often a cap. I just brought that up because you had mentioned before that some restaurants may be. Um, The other thing I do personally is 95% of the time, the people I'm dining with are other influencers. And then I let the people know. So whatever they're sending out, there's going to be so much content 
made by multiple people, you know, and being thrown out there. So, um, you know, you know, Rev, he has a steak club. So, you know, there'll be seven of us dining. So there might be a lot of food, but, you know, there's also going to be a ton of content coming out for the next two weeks for that restaurant. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet. It's called Pop Menu Max. It comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on the podcast, websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. This new recipe brings automated phone answering, third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more to the table. Pop Menu's phone answering technology has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up can now be handled without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. No more missed reservations, asking for your hours, or missed revenue, and that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging flat monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month at P-O-P. M-E-N-U dot com slash restaurant strategy. That link is in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, um, is it pretty common? So again, uh, on the restaurant side, I I know a lot of restaurants are going to be apprehensive about this because they've heard of other people doing it. They know they perhaps should. um, And I think they're one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show and have this conversation is that we can sort of uh, knock away some of the cobwebs here uh, make it a little less uh, misty and and uh, shed some light on this. Um, it's pretty common for influencers to ask for uh, not only a free meal but uh, money as well. Is there a threshold that you find like, hey, anyone less than ten thousand followers, you know, really shouldn't be getting paid anything more than? I mean, is there? <laughs> I'm making up those numbers. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, there, I never asked or? for any money um, until I had over 10,000 followers. Now people are a lot more bold, um, but I would look at the quality of their work. If they are going to be posting on their feed, do they have good engagement? Especially if it's a smaller account, they should have like between three and 6% engagement of views and people liking their posts and the comments. Are these real commenters or, you know, are these Russian bots looking at the account? You know, I, I guess that is yep. difficult for someone who doesn't know a lot about Instagram. Um, if, you know, you're just coming on and looking at an account, you might not know these things, but those are things to look for. Um, Great. Yeah, but I, I think um, in the restaurant world, not a lot of people I know are asking for money. Um, a lot of times people are just happy for the comped meal. Happy to get the free meal. Yeah. yeah. So I think it, like in anything else, there's um, it's a conversation. The best way I, I can say this, the best way that these relationships are built is to say, hey, I'd, I'd like to build a relationship. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not a one and done thing. So I will say is a lot of times when I've worked with restaurants, the advice I will give is compile a list of 10, 20, 50, 100 influencers uh, micro influencers, all the way up to the big ones, you know, in your market, and build a list, you know, build a contact list, a spreadsheet, and just reach out to five of them a week, yeah. right? And so get get a big one, three little ones, and a medium one, mm-hmm. you know, to come in sometime in the next two weeks. Or if you said, hey, I'm going to get five to ten influencers in every month, and when you reach out to them, say, hey, you know, we love your content, uh, we'd love to, you know, feature, you know, our restaurant on your feed. I think your audience would really get a lot out of it. Um, how can we start building relationships so that we can work together, you know, from time to time? Like, mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you work it? That for me, it's, it's just as simple as that, right? People are reaching out to you and say, Hey, I'd love for you to I'd love to invite you into the restaurant. How do you, how do you like to do things? How does this work? Mm-hmm. I think that's is that, great. Is that how those conversations are being started? Um, yeah, usually. And, um, a lot, there's a lot of general, um, questions I get, like, uh, how do you, uh, exactly what you said, you know, I'd like to work with you. 
how does it work? So it never hurts to just start talking to yep, someone. That's great. The other thing that I will that I will say is that you know everything. Um, <laughs> I give this. I'm getting ready to give this talk in uh, New Zealand, and I, I spend a lot of time talking about transactions. Um, and a lot has been written about this idea of transaction. A transaction works when it's when it's a win for both sides, mm -hmm. right? That the restaurant wants to work with you. They're transacting so that they can leverage your audience to try and drive more diners into the restaurant, mm -hmm. right? That would be a win for them. It's a win for you if you get to bring more interesting content, maybe content that people wouldn't otherwise know, a restaurant that people have never heard of or an interesting dish or whatever, you know, to keep your audience engaged because your audience keeps coming back to you to for for something new to continue learning. So it's a right. it's a it's a win win there as long as you know your your time is being respected and and all of that. Um, that I think every relationship sort of begins begins that way. Say, hey, this is what we're looking for, and I think this is what we can provide you with. How can we how can we make that happen? Right. Um, and I love it. I love having a different project to do every day. I look at everything as um, a new uh, challenge. How am I going to present this? What am I going to do? I love um, trying new things. So for me, I really appreciate it. I love going into a restaurant, meeting the owners and learning about their food. Um, hopefully everyone else in my position also <laughs> enjoys it, but I guess that's why I went into food. Um, and yeah, it's, right. um, my phone rang. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's okay. what else would I say? I mean, I, I love the experience. It's a lot of fun, even if it doesn't provide huge amounts of money. How about that? <laughs> I think every one in right. the restaurant no, industry feels that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's something you probably have in common with a lot of the people here is that yeah. I don't think any of us got in here to be rich. I mean, if you did, um, let me, I've got a presentation to, to give you. That's, that's not why we do it. We do it because, because we're around, you know, food and people and, you know, in beautiful spaces and, it doesn't matter where we go in the world, we can we can be a part of that. And it doesn't matter who we're taking care of, they can be a part of what we're doing. So what haven't we what haven't we covered? So I mean I love that you've built this, I love that you've built this account um, in a very quirky way. Like you said, you know, that's your niche mm -hmm. is you know, fitness, running specifically, and food. Um, you're obviously in New York City, so it's it's sort of New York City centric. Yes. Um what um what other advice can we give restaurant owners, right? So my advice to them is to build lists, to, to build mm -hmm. a spreadsheet uh, of people in your market. And, you know, if, if you've got the name, the account, the number of people, you know, the number of followers on the account and the contact information and then notes, you know, leave a, leave a uh, room to make notes that when you reach out to somebody and they say, yeah, this is usually what I do. I charge this, or I usually do X, Y, and Z, then you know what their deal is, right? Mm -hmm. And you can keep notes there and you know what that is for the future. Number one, that's just good ideas so that when you reach back out to them a year later and those terms change, say, oh, well, that's not what it was last time because you've got really good notes. Um, the other piece is that I always say that it's about relationships. Like don't, don't say, okay, we're going to work with Simone once. Like mm -hmm. I always want to build a relationship and just say, hey, you know, I'd love to do this from time to time. How can we, how can we begin this conversation? How can we begin this relationship? Mm -hmm. um, another um, idea for a restaurant is to have a group event and invite multiple influencers there. Um, so sometimes the food will, it's going to be a different type of spread. But yesterday I went to a restaurant opening and um, there was probably 40 people there. So if you are able to have a little event, maybe you have a back room in your restaurant, you know, that might be a good use of time and meeting people um, as well as sharing your food. You said something a second ago or a few minutes ago that I want to highlight. You didn't exactly say this, but I want to highlight is that you're friends with a lot of other influencers. Yes. Oftentimes you will go into a restaurant and bring other influencers. So this is another piece of advice, especially if you're new to this. So again, all the restaurant owners listening to this, if you're getting involved, you find Simone. Say, hey, I got a pizza place in New York City. Simone's doing this thing. I'm going to reach out to her because I'd love for I'd love to be the one when she comes to our zip code. But I think something that's really easy to do is saying, hey, you know, I'm just starting, you know, who else should I know? And ask Simone, mm -hmm. hey, who else can I, can you put me in touch with? Who else should I, I'm doing a new restaurant opening. You want Simone to come there 
ask her, hey, are there two, three, four, five other names you can give me of other people I can reach out to? Or can I put together a table of four? Can you fill three other spots? And can you can I give you a four top on a on a Tuesday night? I think leveraging them, it, it's a it's a really small community. And you go to enough, you know, opening night parties in in New York City, it's just now half of it is food writers and the other half are all bloggers and influencers, which is which is really cool to see. But they really do. Yeah. Um, they know all they know each other. Yes. And um along those same lines, if a restaurant is looking for someone to manage their page, the people there are going to know and have recommendations of people who to hire. So there's a lot of help they can Great. get. Great. I love that. Talk to me about so as you're talking about trying to find content trying to create good content based on the restaurants you go to. Are there any sort of red flags? Are there common missteps that you feel like now in this media first, digital first environment? Like, and we, we talked a little bit about it, you know, right? Coming up with Instagrammable content that just doesn't taste good. Yeah. But are there other sort of um, pitfalls that, that you see restaurants making um, um, in this new world? And Because you're, you're in a lot of different restaurants. Yeah, so something that we were kind of touching on before when a restaurant does bring out food um, that the person hasn't chosen, make sure that it looks good. I went to a place that was serving us like black bean soup. It's very difficult to make that look appealing to anyone. Um, and same thing, if you're um, bringing out the food, the influencers there shouldn't have to be messing around with it to try and get it to look good. Make sure it looks great when it's coming out. Because not everyone is going to be good at um, food styling. So, <laughs> um, let yeah. me think of it. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I, I guess the only things that, that like really jumped to the top I think of my head. Food photographer for so many years, I I get crazy about food styling. Yeah, <laughs> I get. I've, I've such. Uh, uh, I've, I've done been... episodes about this. I get. I get really crazy about the right ways to do things. Yes. Um, and I've been served raw food before, like inedible food. Um, I uh, was with a group of people and we all got sick from some food. <laughs> so, oh, you know, perfect. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, in all those cases, make sure it's cooked, we gave make feedback. sure it's not spoiled, make sure it tastes good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. These are all really great. <laughs> these are all really great pieces of advice. Um, I do like the styling thing. And I want to go back to this in just for just a second because I think um, we always joke, right? The camera eats first. The eye eats first. Mm -hmm. It's got to look appealing, right? That's why when we walk past a bakery, we're like, oh, my God, that looks so oh, – everything looks so good in there. Um, it, it's got to look good. It's got to look like something we want to eat before we decide to put it in our mouth and, and exactly. tell if it if it actually is worth is worth eating. Can't be overstated. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, we're coming close to the end of our time here, and I got a bunch of questions. I, I ask everybody who's on the show, so I, okay. I want to make sure to leave time for that. I, anything, anything we didn't cover, anything I didn't think to ask, uh, simply because I'm not in this world. Anything we should cover before before we sort of wrap this up? Um, I can't think of anything, but I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I will send you a message with some. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think we I think we covered a lot. I mean, I yeah. just think your trajectory is really interesting. Um, I think what you've learned having doing this in real time and learning from the ground up is great. Okay, um, I thought of I something. Think if there are any you know? Yeah, I think great. Um, restaurants need to be open to trying new things. Um, social media, especially, you don't know exactly what's going to work. And I always say, like, just put the videos out there. They don't have to be perfect. Just start somewhere. You're going to see, you know, with your engagement, what is um, interesting to your audience, what is bringing them in. But don't get set in one specific way of doing things, one specific type of post. You know, really experiment. And, you know, it's great if you're creative. Right. You can just be all over the place like I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll see, you yeah. know, what sticks. Yeah. But I think this goes back to one of the first things you said, which is uh, you've got to make sure you, you're utilizing all the tools mm -hmm. that you're evolving as the platforms evolve because the platforms are evolving. Mm -hmm. Anytime, for perfect example, anytime I still see feeds with static pictures, yeah. it's like, 
you just can't. It's it's a video first platform for Instagram, for example. It's now a video first platform. And in fact, that was a change they made about 18 months ago. They they changed their bylaws and they said, this is what we are. We're, we're a video, uh, video content sharing platform. And so when restaurants are still doing the static pictures or, you know, graphics or, you know, images with text and all that, it's like, it's, it's just, not, it's just not working. It's just not working anymore. So you've mm-hmm. got to stay up on it. So utilizing stories and lives and the stickers and the different things, the captions and anything you can put on there, use their tools. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's really good advice. Awesome. All right. I've got five questions for you. Are you, are you down? I am. Let's do it. Okay, great. Uh, first question. What's the last great meal you had? Uh, actually it was on Tuesday night at Elgin on West 48th, I believe. Um, I went with the hungry skipper. He is a yacht captain and food influencer. (laughs) We shared a French (laughs) onion burger, which was amazing. And their crispy chicken sandwich was also incredible. And we had a steak because he's part of steak club. So when we're out, we always have to go get a steak. Uh, And um, they also serve pizza there. So it was fun because it was like a little bit of everything we liked. But the burger and the chicken sandwich were awesome. (laughs) Awesome. That's cool. Okay, great. Uh, Question two, uh, what's the last great hospitality touch you've had? Mm. Not restaurant Gordon Ramsay. I'm still complaining about that. Um, so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, they got mad at me in London for using a light. Anyway, I, um, uh. I don't know if this is the best example, but it, it was very fun. I went to Alinea in Chicago and, um, okay. I just like knowing everything about my meal. So, you know, they have great service and an explanation of everything and their dessert, you know, on the, um, table itself you know they're throwing down the ice cream and all of this you know that's very fun for me so that's the first thing i thought of when you asked great i love it when we talk about novelty right that the first person uh, first restaurant that i can think of that put a big marble slab down on your table and just start splattering the dirt (laughs) all over and then you just take a spoon to it and just (laughs) scrape it off the table and Um, i kept wondering is this like and delicious (laughs) are they just um yeah. trying to play a prank on rich people and get them to <laughs> eat yeah. it off the table. <laughs> is this performance art? Well, you know, I, all of those is a, you know, the, you know, as severe and as, um, as rigid as, as some of the techniques and, um, systems are there at Alinea, there's, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of whimsy there. I mean, mm-hmm. we talk about dessert, you know, talk about the, the helium balloons, right? The sugar yeah. helium sugar balloons filled with helium that you like press your lips to and you can suck it straight through the outside of the thing. Like there's something silly about that. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I think it's that juxtaposition that makes that place as special as it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Third question. If a genie came down and could grant you one wish as it relates to our industry, food industry, uh, what would it be? Tell me what you would wish for. You only get one wish. I guess I want the best pizza ever. Maybe I need to learn. I need to know how to make the best pizza ever. I could make a lot of people happy. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm going to interject a little question here because you brought it up. What is the best pizza you've ever had? Okay. This is a complicated question because there's different styles of pizza. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think for New York style, I'm going to go with Scars. Lindustry, close second. Okay. Great. Um, and for my what favorite- was the second one? I'm sorry. Lindustry in Brooklyn. I can type it for you. L apostrophe. Um, And Detroit style, uh, Mama's 2. I mean, it's a square. I don't know if it really counts as Detroit. They have a poached pear slice. That's my absolute favorite. When we were in Las Vegas, that was the first time I ever had Detroit style pizza. 42 years on this planet, and I'd never had it before we went to Red Dwarf. Mm -hmm. And uh, that place was next level. That was was super good. Now I've sought it out in New Jersey, which we've got a really great place up in Bloomfield, New Jersey, uh, called Blue Steel. And uh, that place does really awesome Detroit style pizza. I'm going to have to try it. Um, Did you eat the pineapple pizza at Red Dwarf? And do you eat pineapple pizza? Uh, I sure do. And I sure did. Yes. I loved it. That's what I had when we were there. It was super good. I think I had like three pieces when we were there. Because <laughs> everybody was done eating. And I was like, well, if no one's going to eat it, I'm going to keep eating it. Okay. Uh, fourth question. Uh, what would you uh, What would you tell someone 
uh, who's about to open their first restaurant? You've oh. certainly been in enough restaurants. You got to be able to answer this question. I, it's all about the employees. I mean, I've worked in the in restaurant industry too, and it's all about the people that you're around. So just make sure that you are with trusted people. Um, and I think that's going to get you very far. Uh, that's great. Okay. Last question. Tell me about the future of restaurants. I love this question. I want you to look <laughs> five years down the line and I want you to tell me what you think is coming that other people may not see coming. Okay. So uh, social media is here to stay. The question is what platform is it going to be on? I think that those things are ever changing and you do need to be on top of it. Um, you know, for a while there, I thought Instagram was like going away and it was going to be a hundred percent TikTok. Now it seems to be back 50, 50, but who knows what's next. Um, and just be open to using new tech, um, because things are constantly evolving. Um, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate your time before I let you go, tell everybody where they can go to follow you, uh, connect with you, uh, reach out to you. If they're, they're a restaurant that, uh, here in New York city that may want to work with you, where's the best great. way to connect? Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. My account name is NYC Muncher and my email is NYC Muncher at gmail.com. Perfect. Simone, I appreciate your time. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Once again, I want to thank Simone for taking time out of her day to sit and chat with me. I want to share her for uh, thank her for sharing all of uh, her insights with us. We are going to have her back. I promise. There's more that uh, we didn't even get a chance to get to, uh, and so we will get to that. If you want to learn more about her, what she does, if you want to connect with her, all that contact information again is in the show notes. Uh, one uh, one last uh, reminder that if you are interested in learning more about the mastermind that I run, then please set up a free call. Restaurant Strategy Podcast dot com slash schedule set up a free 30 minute strategy session we'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant you'll get to learn more about the program go find that link in the show notes i appreciate you being here and i will see you next time